Time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. It's time for the John DePietro Show here on News Talk WNRI 1380 AM and 99.9 and 95.1 FM. He's a special kind of sentinel. Mr. DePietro, who is in the eye of the storm. Suddenly, John DePietro became the story. Radio talk show host John DePietro. All right, here we go, folks. Welcome to the lunchtime. Good afternoon. One and all. Here I am. It's Juan. This portion of our program is brought to you by Henry Oil. They want to be your oil provider. Full service fuel company. It's Henry Oil. Since 1947, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call Henry Oil today at 401-521-0200. It's Lori. It's Carmine. Budget plans. They also have lock and cap pricing. Oil burner service installation. Fuel oil. Diesel. Gasoline delivery. You can depend on Henry Oil, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Call Henry Oil today at 5210200 or online at henryoil.com. Normally, we do Political Monday, Justin Katz. We're going to do that tomorrow instead. But, folks, yesterday I received an email, and it is uh, JCLS. Now, I know a lot of people are unfamiliar with what this is. It's Joint Committee Legislative Services, and that's exactly the way they want it for you to not understand or know how it operates. But the press release says JCLS, a private fiefdom spending public funds. Rhode Island Republican Conservative Caucus, Mark Sakiri represented the caucus Saturday morning, and Blake Filippi was the featured speaker. Uh, Leader Filippi explained, and we had uh, Blake on the program on Friday, explained his pending lawsuit against the House Speaker to address potential legal breaches associated with this Joint Committee on Legislative Services. Formal organ of the House and Senate oversees expenditures for the operation of the Rhode Island State House, as well as some other government functions. The last meeting of this JCLS happened 10 years ago. That they have the jurisdiction over annual expenditures well over $45 million, close to $45 million. Folks, this is the ultimate slush fund. This is the ultimate lack of accountability. Because who oversees this? Think of that. Unaccountable actions. And they control a budget of 46 to $50 million. You go over the past 10 years, basically, they have had access to a budget. Over $400 million in state spending with no oversight in any way. Zero. And jobs are buried in there and raises are buried in there. And there's no accountability and you can't get access about different things like that. It is a total fiefdom. And so uh, when I received that, I am so glad the private fiefdom spending public funds. It's one of those things that it's not top of mind. And I recognize a lot of people may say that it's inside baseball. In a a way it is, but it shouldn't be. But that's the way they want it to be. And I'll even be honest, as this story started to break with the convention center and, you know, they were talking about this JCLS, it's, it's one of those organizations or entities that even people in the know are kind of on the outside looking in. Members of the media fully don't understand how it operates. That's exactly the way they want it to be. That's exactly how they want people in the dark. They want unaccountable spending. 
And we're not talking about if you have unaccountable spending of 50,000, I think it's dangerous. If you have unaccountable spending of 5 million, 5 million can be spent with zero accountability, non-transparent. I think that's dangerous. How about to the tune of 45 million to 50 million over a 10-year period? Absolute recipe for disaster. And joining us right now from the Republican Conservative Caucus, and we've had him on in the past, and it's our friend Mark Zakaria. Good afternoon, Mark. John, how are you, sir? I am very well. I am uh, so glad that you're weighing in on this, and I want to uh, give you some airtime to draw attention to it and uh, be heard, because it is one of those things that uh, it slips by, and they keep, I believe, keep people in the dark by design. But there's nothing good about this situation where they have that ability for spending of public funds of, uh, of basically it's all taxpayer money. And uh, no one has the right to really get to the root of a lot of the spending. John, just to give a little bit of background, um, every uh, third Saturday of the month, we have a, a breakfast. It's very informal. It's called the South County Republican Coalition Breakfast. And at this Saturday's uh, event, uh, Blake Philippi was the uh, um, featured speaker, and he talked about this. Now, I've been following the JLS, JCLS mess since it first came up regarding the um, convention center, which is one of those other things that they just happened to run. And, uh, and you know, what representatives from uh, 11 South County uh, uh, city and town GOPs uh, were basically shocked. They were stunned. There was a, an outcry that something had to be done about this. Now, the, as I said, South County Republican Coalition is just a name. It doesn't, there's no committee. There's no nothing. So uh, the RCC, the Republican Conservative Caucus, is in fact a... Uh, a, a a committee of the Board of Elections, and we report and have officers and all of that. So we had standing to create that release, and that's why I stepped in and did it. The point, though, is that you've got at least a separation of powers issue in that the legislature is voting itself money to spend. Traditionally, we would think in a constitutional uh, three-part government the legislature would uh, vote money for the executive branch to spend and then do some oversight to make sure they like the way it's spent. So I don't know whether that's constitutional or not because the legislature does, in fact, vote on the line item each. I'm not a lawyer. I don't want to get into that. The problem is if the uh, enabling legislation stipulates that there's a five-person committee that's supposed to vote on all expenditures, then, in my opinion, that five-person committee ought to vote. So you, you've been nice to the speaker saying that, the, that they don't want to do this and they don't want to do this. It's the speaker, John. He just said, look, I'm the chair by statute. Whoever the speaker is is the chair, and then the two leaders of the two chambers make up the five people. He just says, hey, you know, let's not have a meeting. We don't have to have meetings. We've got enough meetings. I'll just, uh, hey, spend this here and that there and so forth. Now, some of it is totally reasonable. It keeps the building open and heated, and the, there are there are you know um, support staff for uh, maintenance and and the the uh, capital police and things like that. They all got to get paid, but uh, buried in there also are a number of of, uh, of maybe a hundred or more um, total patronage positions. I mean, you know, every um, uh, committee of the House or the Senate has a doorkeeper. I don't know what doorkeepers do in this day and age. Maybe, you know, 
never mind. They get a salary, uh, and uh, they may or may not show up. So that's the kind of thing that the speaker has done. And it, and it didn't start with Mr. Mattiello. Uh, you know, one of the things we should probably look into, because when I said in my, in my release, it's, it's been at least 10 years since there was a meeting, there is no record of when the last meeting was. So... Um, you know, in the world I come from, unless there's uh, an agenda beforehand and minutes afterwards, you didn't have a meeting. Right. So uh, you're right. That would go back to ten years ago. Murphy was the speaker. He then decided not to continue, and then he handed over the reins basically to Gordon Fox, who ended up in prison. Yeah. Well, and uh, and and uh, who knows? This may be the latest thing that uh, that causes a speaker to be hounded out of office in disgrace. The fact of the matter is that if the statute says the committee approves and the committee hasn't even met, then somebody's doing something without approval. Right. And, and that is, you know, just to simplify it down, that is something that uh, somebody's got some explaining to do about. Yeah. You know, and again, folks, good afternoon. We're we'll speaking with Mark Securia. Mark, I'm, I'm glad um, that you're speaking out because I think one of the challenges is 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 it's 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 let it leaves the general public confused, but it's by design, you know. And people need to understand these. A lot of times, it is like that. They they don't want someone looking over the shoulder. They don't want to see someone to see how they're spending money. The amount of jobs up there is is just obscene. There's, there's no reason for it. Every other business and company that you would know. Because of technology, the amount of people in there, you know, that they employ for basically every private company, for the most part, has gone down. Except the amount of employees that work at the Rhode Island State House, it's just a patronage favor factory. The, the amount of jobs up there just continues to increase. Absolutely. One of the hallmarks of American business is an increase in productivity. And increase can come from technology, it can come from mechanical uh, tools and devices, it can come from just the intuition of the workers. But today we do more in an hour than our parents and grandparents did when they worked for an hour. It's just the natural progress of things getting better over time. The exact opposite could be said about what goes on at the state house. They don't care about productivity for a whit. They just care that somebody's got a, a, a Benny from the speaker and that he or she remembers it when the time comes to payback. And that payback comes in terms of voting or stepping down when they're told to because somebody else needs that job or all the stuff that goes on. And it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's inside baseball, as you said, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the swamp uh, in the first magnitude. And that's why uh, the speaker obviously doesn't want to publicize this, but huh, that doesn't mean it shouldn't be publicized. The um, the part about this, and again, I'm glad that um, House Minority Leader Blake Flippy is is challenging them on this and going after it. Um, but Mark and I don't I don't know the answer to to some of this stuff because even as I was trying to talk with House Minority Leader Flippy on Friday, I was trying to get a sense of you know where some of the things are either buried or. Uh, what is some of the information that we could gleam out of this? Is this, for instance, um, I know of someone told me someone was hired. What they don't realize is the speaker and they, they hire all these people, whether they're needed or not, in all these different positions. And not only did they hire someone that they didn't need to, they then within a, you know six months gave them a 28 percent pay raise. And 
again, there's no accountability for like the, for for this. What what type of information? And and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but what type of information is not available online? So therefore, if a lot of this stuff was audited, and if we could get to the to really look into the budget. What, what are some of the things that, under the current situation, we're unable to see where the money is going? I'm not sure that I can speak authoritatively. Oh, okay. But I'll tell you what I would like to look at. I'd like to look at the last names of everybody who gets one of these jobs. Yes. Because I bet that there is a train of last names up to the ruling class. Up yes. To the people that always get these jobs. And these are the, the sons and daughters or brothers and brothers-in-law of, of people whose names you've heard all the time. And that's why they get them. And there are uh, people who say, hey, Mr. Speaker, I owe this guy a favor. Can you help me uh, provide it for him? Hey, you're a good guy. Sure, we'll give him a job. And just as fast as people get a job, they get fired from these jobs because you've had your turn and I need that spot. Somebody else is going to take it. Hope you enjoyed the paychecks. Goodbye. Um, so let's not, you know, get confused with anything like civil service over any of this. <laughs> right. It is literally at the uh, at the will and the whim of the speaker. And to me, that's a concentration of power that uh, I can't find authorized anywhere in the Rhode Island Constitution. Yeah, and it, it goes, I mean, I, and again, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'd like to think I'm in the 1% that follows this stuff, but I, I don't know a lot of the, the answers on this. I know that there's just so many patronage jobs up there. We recently learned that, you know, this JCLS, which has their own staff and offices, and why do we know that? Well, we know that Frank Montanaro runs it, and he's the, you know, right-hand man buddy of Speaker Mattiello. And then we, we know that they claim there was black mold and that they had to rip out all these things within the, quote, JCLL, JCLL uh, office, JCL office. And then uh, then we find out that there is no black mold. You know, the state police went up there because they were seen at night throwing things into a dumpster. But just as an example of um, we there was a, a Ted Nisi had uh, put out information that Blair Lynch, who's the daughter of Bill Lynch, she just received a sixty thousand dollar a year job, I think in charge of the interns at the State House. And someone told me that it was basically like a newly created position or uh, it's not even full time year round because they don't even have them. It was unposted. Um, suddenly just a new job appears and someone who obviously is related to someone as politically connected as you can get suddenly has this new state job, quote, working for the JCLS. Uh, John, I saw that report, and uh, I would just ask you uh, one thing, if you can recall. The day before that report of the new job for the young lady came out, what was it that Bill Lynch was doing all over the radio? Do you remember? He was, uh, well, he was on television. I know that. I don't know about yeah, the radio, okay. but he was on television attacking Blake Filippi, and he was attacking uh, the state police for investigating the, quote, mold incident regarding, you know, going up to see what they were throwing in the dumpster with the JCLS. Well, I'm sure the speaker would say that was an absolute total coincidence. Yeah. We should be just thankful that after that alarm was raised, no black mold was found. Right. Oh, I'm so relieved. Yeah. No, that just shows the unhandedness, how these are not people that, that shoot straight. I even, um, uh, I, I had a whole problem with the whole thing that he was given airtime on 
with Hummel on Lively Experiment. He, uh, when he, from what I understand, requested airtime, goes on, attacks Blake Filippi, tries to use the talking points, and does not disclose that, as you know, there's a grand jury going on right now. Bill Lynch, who's, quote, he doesn't hold office. He's not, he's just, quote, a spokesperson for the Democrat Party, which really just means, like, an attack dog. He went after Matt Brown when he announced they were going to have their own separate identity within the Democrat Party. He attacks the Women's Caucus. But he went on with Hummel and uh, sits there quietly without disclosing that as much as he was attacking Blake Filippi and the state police, really, about the JCLS, that his daughter was then working there and be given a job there. He also, Bill Lynch, sat silent and never disclosed that he's the attorney for Leo Skenyon, the Speaker's <laughs> Chief of Staff, and, and is w- holding his hand, walking him through the grand jury that's going on right now. And he, he was something that I, I believe fell through the cracks, and I'll put it on the host of the show, but it was reported uh, when, when Jeff Britt was indicted that the state police had gone and, and spoken with Leo Skenyon and that Bill Lynch acted as his attorney. To me, um, I know Hummel. I like Hummel. I'm friendly with Hummel. But he should have known that. That was widely, widely reported for anyone paying attention. But at the same time, someone like a Bill Lynch is never going to say, hey, by the way, um, just full disclosure, I'm going to knock this whole investigation. I'm the attorney of record of the chief of staff of the speaker, and they just hired my daughter. For at 60,000, which would completely, you know, to sit there and say, I want to talk about this objectively. I have no dog in the fight. This is just how I view it. And then you knock the state police, you knock the investigation, you knock the convention center, you attack Blake Filippi, and you're sitting there as the attorney for Leo Skenyon with the chief of staff of Mattiello, and your daughter just received an unadvertised job paying 60000 a part-time job paying at the state statehouse, um, that, that you don't comment on that either. Let me just add one more thing Go ahead. to that long, sad commentary, John. You sit there doing all of that stuff if you're Mr. Lynch, and you believe in the depths of your heart you're going to just get away with it. You can just yes. skate right through that. It's going to act yeah. like so. That's all it takes. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, and you know, why is it? that most Rhode Islanders, when they hear some of this stuff, they give you the patented Rhode Island eye roll, and they say, ah, it's just Rhode Island. It's the way it happens over here, you know? Well, uh, it doesn't have to be the way it happens. It's, we don't, we don't, we're not uh, subject to this curse because we drink coffee milk. Right. It's because the people who we have elected don't represent us. No. And a prime example of it is the Speaker of the House. He doesn't yeah. represent us. Uh, no, he does not. voters that voted for him. Yeah. You know, there was another example, folks. And again, good afternoon. We're speaking with Mark Zakaria. Um, there was another example. And again, I, I know that Hummel gets annoyed at this. But Hummel, I, I listen, I watch Lively Experiment. I, uh, it's on YouTube. You can watch it. Uh, there's not that many local shows. I like to hear what sometimes what people are saying. So he has, uh, and on this week on Lively Experiment, is Susie Yankee, the Republican Party, and Pat Ford of the Libertarian Party, and also Sid McKenna, Executive Director of the, the Democrat Party. So... Hummel says, so what do you, uh, you know, they start talking about the speaker and the investigation. And she says, oh, you know, he, you know, uh, he's doing a fantastic job and he's totally focused and he's not distracted by the grand jury investigation that he's the target of and everything that goes on there. And Sid McKenna, although a lot of people may not know who she is, 
I'm sitting there saying, at no point does Hummel have her disclose, or does she disclose, that up until August, she was deputy communications under Larry Berman, working directly for Speaker Mattiello. So again, these people, it's, it's insanity. Like, how do you not mention that? Like, hey, full disclosure, up until September, I was actually working directly for Speaker Mattiello and blah, blah, blah. But... Boy, it's just, if they are not called out on it, again, if you want to have a pro, I, I, I mean, I guess next week on the program, they're going to have an unbiased panel featuring uh, Jim Demers, Frank Montanaro, and Leo Skenyon on the benefits of uh, Speaker Mattiello. But what, what is just, it is obviously a pattern that they send these people out with their talking points. And as you can imagine, what does she do? She attacks the investigation. This is being driven by Blake Filippi and never disclose that up until just a few months ago, you were working full time directly for House Speaker Nick Mattiello. Because, John, they don't have to. Nobody holds their feet to the fire. You're right. You're right. And, and, and I want to just have people understand, when you are watching, and especially this time of year, CNN or Fox or whatever, but let's just stick, I'll stick with CNN for a moment. When, when they're having a panel discussion, if they're talking about the Democrat Party or what's going on in the race, the presidential race, they will say, and so-and-so who worked on just as an example, who worked on the Clinton campaign. And then they have, you know, next to that person is just, you know, Joe Schmo, who had worked on the Trump 2016 campaign. That is what you call full disclosure. So then when you're listening to their opinion, it's fine. I'm not trying to intimate there's anything illegal about it. But if someone just sat there and they were just giving political opinion, and you're like, oh, okay. And then afterwards you find out, like, hey, wait a minute. That person was working on the Hillary Clinton campaign, and here she is slamming blah, blah, blah. It, it, it makes a difference. The reason they do that is, as I just said, it's, I, I mean, to me, at one time, this was seen as journalism 101, like basic disclosure. This person, it's a difference of Mark Sicaria appearing on a program, and you're giving your opinion as opposed to someone who is paid or has been paid in the past to give their opinion. You could say that, and there's a couple of other angles on there. Um, I would be uh, interested to find out how the breakdown in airtime went between uh, Sue Sianke, Pat Ford, and uh, the young lady. Sid McKenna got 75% of the airtime. Yeah, and... And I don't want that to reflect poorly on Jim Hummel. I agree totally with you. He is one of the very good guys. But you know better than I do, John. You have to have people uh, uh, to return your phone calls or else you can't get anywhere as a journalist. Right. So uh, he may be under some pressure that uh, isn't necessarily apparent, uh, you know, th- you know, behind his big smile on the TV. I, that I don't know. But I, I will say, you know, and it's something as a viewer, regardless of the setting, or someone could just say, well, it's, that show's not as popular as it once was, or why are you making a big deal? But if you and I uh, are watching, quote, public television, and there's someone having a panel discussion, just as an example, and they're advocating for the legalization of marijuana. All right, that's their opinion. If we find out afterwards, like, hey, wait a minute, that person is being paid as a lobbyist by the cannabis organization or the the cannabis industry in order to try to help that, well, then that certainly would have some bearing on how we 
you know, we would then judge and view their opinion on that. Now, Susie Yankee, uh, and also on top of that, the, the director of the, the executive director of the Democrat Party is chosen by the speaker, whoever that may be. When, yeah. when it was uh, Bill Murphy, he allowed um, Bill Lynch to remain as the chairman, but Blake Filippi really doesn't choose Susie Yankee. Whoever's the head of the Republican Party is not chosen by such a person. It's chosen by the party. And I'll say the same thing for Pat Ford. But basically, that Sid McKenna being on, she not only was she up until just a few months ago, literally collecting a paycheck, reporting directly to Speaker Mattiello, he then selected her to be the executive director. The idea that she would go on and give any type of objective analysis or potential criticism is, as you can imagine, is laughable. It would, it's, it's never, it's never going to happen. They send these people on with talking points to try to sway public opinion. I believe that's fine, but it should be disclosed exactly where they're generating income or, or you know, what their past has been. Sure. Couldn't agree with you more, but I, it's all symptomatic of the problem that we pointed out it is. At, uh, in that press release yesterday. Yep. Because they can is the answer to so many of these questions. They right. do it because they can. Let me ask you this before I let you go. And again, folks, uh, we're joined by Mark Sicaria, and we certainly appreciate his time. And I'm so glad uh, that his organization has um, spoken out, and it's the Republican Conservative Caucus. What was the reaction to House Minority Leader Blake Filippi as he was trying to walk people through and explain uh, why he's taking the actions that he is? Oh, they were frankly dumbfounded. I mean, you know, everyone everyone winks and nods at uh, the Noah guy uh, attitude that's pervasive in Smith Hill. But uh, to see it detailed in this kind of level and for Blake to have to say, look, <laughs> I can't just, I can yell about this all I want, but he's going to turn off the microphone. Only thing I can do is go to court and yes. say, excuse me, judge, should it really be this way? And that's what he's doing. And, and he didn't do that um, until... Uh, Mattiello absolutely refused to call a meeting of the JCLS. Right, didn't think he had to. So when the when the uh, heads of these uh, uh, of these uh, uh, town Republican parties throughout South County heard all of this, they basically wanted to go get their pitchforks and their torches and climb Smith Hill on a stormy night. The uh, the the reason for the um, the um, uh, RCC press release that I wrote is because. This was an outlet for that uh, that anxiety that was generated when people literally did the arithmetic and saw what was going on out there and said, oh, my gosh, what can we do about this? And look, at it, uh, we sent out the press release. We're getting some press. The system works at least a little bit. Yeah. You know what else, Mark, before I let you go, and this is so um, fundamental that people need to understand, is whether people like it or not, as we sit here today on this President's Day, um, a lot of people don't understand the power that the Speaker of the House, uh, that you know, holds. I, I think it's, if someone were to just, you know, ask me point blank, if, if I could name the, 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 a real root cause for corruption in the state and why the state has such a reputation, and rightfully so, by the way, of corruption, um, corruption really permeates under unaccountable power. And whoever, all due respect to whoever drafted 
the Rhode Island Constitution, and I don't even know who it was, Roger Williamson, a group of his friends of Roger Williams Park, but it, it is other states, it, 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 the, the Rhode Island form of government where the most powerful person that controls the budget, basically controls the state house, everything in that fashion, um, and then is just elected by 40 reps and then elected by 2,500 people in a section of wherever, Cranston. Murphy was from West Warwick, even less. John Har was from Pawtucket. Th- that is single-handedly, to me, the root cause of corruption. I would rather, and people don't understand this, but I would rather, and you have other states where the governor has more power, at least then if we don't like the governor, they could be voted out, or the governor had a line-item veto. Um, what, what people just seemingly don't comprehend is right now as we sit here, there's a criminal grand jury. The, the Speaker of the House, Mattiello, is the subject and was the subject of a criminal investigation that is now a grand jury. And then we're going to wait to see what the results of that are. Is But anyone who is planning to do business with the state or was dependent on doing business with the state... It, it, it's bad for business. It scares people off. Uh, people who who would want to sit with someone who is who? Oh, by the way, is also, um, and I meant to. I'm going to do a report on this later, but is under surveillance, as a matter of fact, and that's come out in the grand jury. My my point is, it's so detrimental to the state and moving forward when you have that unaccountable power, and the way that this particular crowd they flex their muscles with it. John, you could do an entire show on the damage that this does to the business environment, and it's why we don't get any big businesses moving in. And the people who are here and whose businesses have been here for 100 years just have adapted or know that they have to unless they want to pick up and go, and uh, that's part of the problem. Uh, you're, You're absolutely correct. The Constitution of Rhode Island is unique among the uh, 50 states now um, because it is patterned directly after the original King's Grant. It wasn't even written. It's the last state constitution written by any of the states at that time in the, uh, in the uh, late in the 1830s sometime. It was way after the place was a state. And they'd been operating on the basis of this King's Grant, which was essentially a grant of authority to one guy who came over here, was given, the, given Rhode Island and said, you know, go uh, cut down some trees and make me some turpentine. And, uh, and, and so the, the whole thing evolved from that. And uh, I'm not trying to be too high and mighty here uh, as a Republican. Obviously, we're in the, the minority, so we have to bark at the moon every time we can. But up until, uh, what, 1938 and the uh, Bloodless Revolution, you had bad Republicans. And they were thrown out and replaced by Democrats who were probably good and true people but became bad because they were given the keys to everything and didn't have to tell anybody about what was done. That's right. So if we all of a sudden get mad at the Democrats and throw them out and get Republicans in, let's let's find, uh, you know, somebody to play Pinocchio. To the uh, to play Jiminy Cricket to the Republicans Pinocchio because the same thing will start happening over again. Right. If the uh, unless you drain that swamp and change the way things are done. Yeah, but it's it's really and we'll leave it at that. I mean, it's it's really a house that was built on on a a, a shaky foundation, and 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 I I just don't know, you know, all these years later how it will ever be fixed. If you if you always have a system where someone has complete power but no accountability, which the speaker does, 
it's uh, it's just ripe for corruption. It just is. Folks, he's Mark Sicari. Mark, great job, and we will talk to you again. Thank you, John. All right, folks, there it is. And again, just an update. I will have an update later. Uh, but by all accounts, I may um, I have some information that I'm going to reveal later on petro.com and it comes from what i was told about the grand jury we are uh let me say good afternoon to uh, everybody on facebook live happy president's day one and all thank you very much chris moran thank you mario hola there's ryan uh no then i am here hi there kathy uh nascar so cla- it is isn't it nascar is just ter- terrific and uh, we'll talk about that um but i was uh i was told that I wonder if I should save this for DePetro.com. No, I'll say it now, and then I'll post it later. Uh, folks, phone lines are open, 766-1380. It's an open line Monday. Right now, it's 1238. If you are listing right now, wherever you are, whether you're listing with uh, Alexa, and you can just say Alexa search WNRI, or maybe you're listing on AM 1380, or listing at DePetro.com online, or whatever it may be, or Facebook Live, whatever. But you can call into the program, 401 401- 766 I'm going to get back to I'm going to play the sound of the president at NASCAR. But this is interesting. Um, someone was in front of the grand jury. And I'm going to tell you what this means. And they were asked, did you have a conversation with Speaker Mattiello and his right-hand goon, Frank Montanaro? And the way it was explained to me is this person said, uh, or when was the last time you spoke to them? And they said, I think the answer was, uh, it's been a while. It was a while ago. And they were then asked, so you didn't meet with them in the last, you know, you weren't, you didn't see them in the last two weeks or talk to them? And the person said, I don't think so. They were then shown a photo of them. I think it was outside somewhere talking with Speaker Mattiello and Frank Montanaro. The person said, oh, that's right. I did see them and talk to them, whatever it was, blah, blah, blah. Well, think about what just had happened there. Now, they were questioning that individual. They asked them, when was the last time you talked with Speaker Mattiello and Montanaro? Their first answer was, oh, it was a long time ago, if at all. They're then shown a photo. Now, where would that photo come from? This is important. Think about this. That would mean that Mattiello, as I have said and written about at DePetro.com, he is under and has been under state police surveillance. So now everyone is talking how paranoid Speaker Mattiello is, and he is paranoid. And people wondering just how serious this is. Well, think about that. He's being followed. They're doing surveillance on Mattiello. The Speaker of the House is under state police surveillance and has been. And they're photographing anyone that he is talking to. Now, you know, I posted that they were outside his fundraiser at Crown Plaza. I think that was, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, somewhere in there. Well, They were outside Crown Plaza. They're following him. When he goes to PJ's pub with his crew, with the Mattiello crime family, and sometimes they go out in the back where they feel they can talk privately, they're being watched. 
when he goes to that cigar bar in Cranston, um, owned by the same owner of PJ's Pub, which is on Pontiac Avenue, and it's down the street from there. He's being watched. He's under surveillance. The Speaker of the House is under surveillance, and they are just like following the mob. They're taking pictures of anyone. You know, it's the thing of uh, let's, you know, find out who is he, who is he communicating with, who is he talking to. Um, I also have heard now, I, I think, and I have talked about this, but there's a larger investigation going on of Mattiello. I think there's a much larger, this is one of them, but there's a larger investigation going on of him. And the Providence Journal is going to be very embarrassed when this comes out. And many of his enablers in the media but as I've told you, he has been running a criminal enterprise out of the Rhode Island State House. And something that I was tipped off on was Mattiello is uh, secretly very involved with the budgeting cannabis uh, industry. And last June, Governor Amundo announced that she was going to take away their right to award licenses. And Mattiello and his crew went into a panic. Now, it has been suggested to me that the governor, they were actually setting a trap for him because they wanted to see how he would react. There were other people they were watching, and they wanted to see who they would talk to. So, for instance, stay with me now. People investigating Mattiello wanted to see. When there is a, and I think you understand what I mean, but when they have like a, what they would call a five alarm fire, who, who jumps into action? Who does he immediately talk to? It gives you a sense of, you know, who are the real players involved? Who do they reach out to when they find out something like that? Um, I think a lot of that is going on and far more than people realize. Boy, that would be uh, something. I mean, as far as... The governor, I mean, it's well documented. The governor absolutely despises Mattiello. Uh, Some people try to dismiss that. Like, well, you know, she just wants to get rid of him. Yeah, she does want to get rid of him. Of course she does. But as I've told you before, he, his, it's so crossed over. He has, to me, made it impossible to stay. There's just, there's too much. There's too much criminal behavior. Um... He, he is sharp, though. I'll give him that. He is uh, pretty smart. He's pretty calm and cool and collected, but he's rattled on this one. He is. But he's clearly, at this point, being under surveillance. They are documenting everyone that he's moving and talking with, and they want to know who they are. And as much as he tries to go to different you know, lengths to meet with some of his people, they're, they're on him. It's a problem. It is definitely a problem. I believe, as I've said, I'm going to stay with today's February 17th. Um, I I, I think this whole thing is going to happen very rapidly. The House is on vacation this week, so they're not at the State House. Let's see what plays out this week. I'm told the grand jury wraps up this week. So if the grand jury wraps up this week, last time around, they very quickly convened a grand jury against that that uh, political corrupt operative, Jeff Britt, and they moved rapid speed 
on an indictment on him on the on uh, money laundering. And I think the same thing is going to happen with with Mattiello. I do. And all everything points to that. I'll put my money on the prosecutor. I, I'm not saying he's going to be convicted. I have no idea. Who knows? But the question is whether or not he's going to be indicted. And if, again, if you want to read what they're going after him with, read petro.com. I have it all illustrated there. Folks, 766-13. I'm going to get back to the NASCAR thing from yesterday. I thought it was a brilliant move by the Trump campaign. And I was happy for the president. He's been through a lot. He deserves to get some applause and uh, feel the the love, if, if you will, of uh, many of his uh, supporters and people that want to vote for him and continue to support him. 766-138 if you want to call in. In the meantime, hey, I want to remind you about Propane Plus. They want to be your propane provider. Two locations, Rehoboth and East Greenwich. Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. 885-4209. Propane Plus. It's Tim Johnson and Propane Plus, the leading provider of propane for underground tanks. Full service, your one source for all your propane needs. Automatic delivery. Extensive selection of tanks. All propane appliances. Satellite tank monitoring. Locked in rates through the plus plan. Discounts for builders. Installation and service for heaters, generators, water heaters, pool heaters, fireplaces, boilers and furnaces. It's Propane Plus. Call them today. 885-4209. 885-4209 for Propane Plus. Folks, it's John DiPietro. Again, um, I want to uh, get back to, I'm going to touch on why the NASCAR thing was so important for the president, and it was. And Bernie Sanders, him ripping Mike Bloomberg. This is big. This is a civil war within the Democrat Party that I don't believe can be repaired. I think it is. They're too far apart. They are warring factions right now, and it's only going to get worse Because as Bloomberg rises, and he is rising, and Bernie Sanders' momentum is coming down, they're going to collide on the way down, and they will. Uh, A lot more of that coming up right here on the John DePietro Show. Do you own and operate a small business, and you rely on communicating with your employees while they're out in the field? Well, if you do, this is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. This is Sal with T-Mobile for Business, and I encourage you to reach out to me today at 401-332-0000. This is a perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Right now, we have unlimited plans with unlimited talk, text, and data with no contract, great deals on iPhones and Samsungs. This is the perfect time to make the switch to T-Mobile for Business. Stop wasting money. Call me for a free consultation at 401-332-0000. Again, 401-332-0000. Stop wasting money with your current cell phone carrier. Call me today, Sal with T-Mobile for Business, 401-332-0000. Hey, folks, remember for your business, MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections, Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, ABS repairs, breaks doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. MEGA, M-E-G-A, truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, MEGA, truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? 
Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovas Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovas.com. Folks, the heating season is here. Let J.K. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier Infinity System. The energy efficient, they're quiet, more affordable than you think. You're saying no gas? Guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter and it cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates on the market. They also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. J.K.L. is a carrier factory authorized dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 53 years, J.K.L.'s reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. J.K.L. is also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401-351-7600. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Call J.K.L. Engineering today, 401-351-7600. You are listening to The John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. And, folks, we're back on this Monday. Happy President's Day, one and all. This portion of the program brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Remember what we say. Your appliance is dying. Just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances, whether it's a washing machine or a dryer or a refrigerator or stove or oven or microwave or garbage disposal, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Saturday appointments are available. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Let me get to, um, again, phone lines are open. Uh, open line Monday, 401-766-1380, 401-766-1380. To give you an idea of how things are going right now, listen to this. Bernie Sanders now really going after. He's at a campaign rally in Nevada. He had 11,000 people at a campaign rally in Nevada. Bernie Sanders will win the Nevada caucus, which is coming up this Saturday. That's going to make him three for three. They can talk all they want that they're going to knock him out. But he's going to be 3-0 and after this. And then after that, a week from Saturday, the last Saturday, is South Carolina. Let's listen. This is Bernie Sanders now. And he's going after him by name. They are polar opposites. Bernie Sanders going after the other person who is rising in the polls. And that's former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg. Here it is. Mike is trying and when Mike is trying to do, that's right, let's give him a little bit of help here. He's trying. 
man struggling. And in the midst of his 60 billion, he says, hey, you know, I used to be mayor. I'm kind of retired now. I know what I'd like to do. I'd like to become president of the United States. Hey, guys, how do I buy the presidency? Well, you buy the presidency, at least he's going to try to buy the presidency, by spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on TV ads. I didn't see Mike. I didn't see Mike in Iowa where we were holding town meetings with folks there. Didn't see him in New Hampshire. Hey, you know what? I didn't see him here in Nevada. Didn't see him in South Carolina. But he thinks he can buy this election. Well, I got news from Mr. Bloomberg, and that is the American people are sick and tired of billionaires buying elections. You know, that is, um, again, what is striking about that. And again, that's Bernie Sanders. As much as this, all this talk, and even the Providence Journal had an editorial the other day on um, over the weekend, worrying about Bernie Sanders. They write, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondi is concerned. Every day I worry about Bernie Sanders being the nominee, she said. I don't think he can beat President Trump. The American people, I think, will reject that in November. They write, it's doubtful. Raimondo, who recently endorsed Michael Bloomberg, was sleeping better. After Tuesday night's New Hampshire primary, Senator Sanders, who, when not running for president, is an independent who styles himself a Democrat socialist, emerged as the Democrat frontrunner after narrowly winning the contest. Excuse me. He should be a formidable candidate in the primaries when hard left voters have a greater proportional impact than in the general election. Four years ago, with the help of college students, he won 54 percent of the vote in Rhode Island Democrat primary. All this, as we say, is worrying for those who want to see President Trump denied another four years. What does that tell you about the journal? They want to see the president defeated. In a USA Today column last Monday, Sanders has a bizarre radical past that Trump and Republicans would use to destroy him. Listen to this. They pointed to some of the bizarre positions Sanders has taken that give many Trump opponents deep concerns. There's a reason South Carolina Republicans and conservatives are trying to help Sanders and are drooling at the prospect against running against him. For most Americans, he's been on the wrong side, excuse me, of senatorial issues, international issues. Uh, and this is something that I didn't remember. I remember reading about this a while ago. But, for instance, consider the Iran hostage crisis. I want to remind you. That Bernie Sanders, he won Iowa, he won New Hampshire, he is the front runner, and he is going to win Nevada this Saturday. Mark my words. Listen to this. When the Ayatollah Khamenei and his minions seized dozens of American hostages in 1979 and held 52 of them for 444 days, Americans were united in outrage, seeking their safe return. Sanders was the backer of an obscure political party that pledged support for the Iranians and defended the hostage-taking. In line with Iranian propaganda, the party alleged the captured diplomats were likely CIA agents. And then, of course, they have the Vermonters convinced sympathy for one despot after another. 
1989, he issued a public statement piling, uh, piling praise on Fidel Castro. For better or worse, the Cuban revolution's very profound, very deep revolution. Much deeper than I had understood. That was 1989. Of course, he famously honeymooned for 10 days in the Soviet Union and was praising it upon his return. But think about that. I mean, I want to see that on a debate stage. That I want to see on a debate stage where Bernie Sanders is defending the Ayatollah and the hostage taking of the Americans in 1979. Compare that with yesterday and the president. Personally, I think it's really the bravery of these people. I mean, these are very, you know, they do all the safety things and everything, but it's it takes great courage. It's the speed. It's really the technology. You look at what's happened just over the last 10 years with the cars. I love to see it. I love to watch it. Okay, so inquiring minds want to know, as the president, are you allowed to drive your own car? Well, you know, I'm not, but I think I'm going to really, right now, if I can, I'm going to hop into one of these cars and I'm going to get into this race if possible. All right. You hear, heard it here oh, yeah, first. Yeah, I love the idea. Right, thank you for being here. Enjoy your time. I mean, that was just uh, brilliant, him being there yesterday. It was. Um, hey, you know what else was interesting was over the weekend on Fox, Judge Janine, who I've met, who is so impressive. And this is something I want everyone to remember. She talks about the left. The left needs illegals votes for power. They know if they give illegals driver's licenses, they can use that. As a point of identification to register to vote, they get another vote. You know, I've been saying that, talking about that. That's what it's all about. That's really what it's all behind. Where in a lot of states where they enforce the ability to register to vote. In Rhode Island, they don't even enforce that. You don't even need a license in order to register to vote. All right, folks, next hour, the Power Hour. We're going to open up the phone lines to you, 766-1380. It's John DePietro. The Power Hour is next. We're going to recap some of the news over the weekend, plus your phone calls and a lot more. And the latest, more developments with this grand jury on Speaker Mattiello. 766-1380. We're going to break quickly for the 1 o'clock news. Stay with us. The Power Hour is next on the John DePietro Show. WNRI Woonsocket, W236CW, W260DC. W-N-R-I.